Good evening. Good to see you. If you have your Bibles, turn to uh, Matthew chapter 25. Matthew 25 is where we'll be tonight. Uh, two quick things before we get to our lesson. BJ, I learned that song the same way you did growing up. Uh, so God overall, blessed, uh, blessed eternally. So that's the way I learned it. And then uh, Sonia Mays told me to tell you guys this, okay? So this is from Sonia. Sonia, we're going to see if it works, okay? So a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago, I said I'd never seen daffodils in South Carolina. And the next week, I got some daffodils. I also never saw any golden bars, bars of gold in South Carolina either. Just going to leave that there, okay? Didn't see those in South Carolina either. Hey, I need some help uh, passing out some stuff again, gentlemen. Uh, one per family would be best. I don't know if I have enough for everybody. So, all right, Matthew chapter 25. Uh, I told you we were done with Daniel, and we are done with Daniel, uh, but I'm still going to talk about Daniel tonight, uh, so there you go. Uh, Matthew chapter 25, starting verse 31, we have just left uh, Matthew 24 and into 25, uh, a passage of scripture that is very uh, heavily predictive prophecy uh, about the destruction of Jerusalem in AD 70, Uh, and here in Matthew chapter 25, starting in verse 31, Jesus is continuing to make some predictive prophecy, and just as much as we looked at over a long period of time for the last uh, several months, all the predictive prophecies of Daniel uh, came to fruition. Uh, What Jesus is going to say here in these verses is something that you're familiar with, and it is something that is going to happen, and God gives us in this passage here some very important information that will make a difference on what's going to happen about what Jesus is talking about here in Matthew chapter 25, starting in verse 31. So we're just going to read the rest of the chapter. It's fairly short. We'll make a few comments, and then I really hope, I really, really hope uh, that you'll walk away with some practical application, something that you can be involved in, and as your sheet sheet says, uh, five things that will make a difference in eternity. Uh, And yes, the uh, print is considerably smaller than I anticipated, so get your glasses out, uh, or have someone who's younger than you read it to you. Uh, So that's kind of where I'm at on that tonight. But I'll read it to you here at the end of class too, so we'll, the end of the lesson uh, as well, and we'll we'll go from there. Matthew chapter 5, start 25, starting in verse 31. Uh, But when the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Okay, so we're, uh, we have a a heaven scene, a throne room scene. Uh, Verse 32, and all the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate them from one another, as the shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. All right. So here, uh, notice that it's all the nations. This is the second coming of Christ. This is judgment day. And it says all the nations. So the picture here is everyone who's ever lived up to that point is gathered, gathered before the throne of God in this throne room scene. And he is separating them, separating the sheep from the goats. And this is where we're at so far. In verse 34, then he will say to those on his right, he'll say to the sheep, come, you who are blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom which has been prepared from you, for you from the foundation of the world. All right, so he's talking about what we talked about this morning. On this judgment day, there will be those people will be, everyone who's ever lived will be separated into only one of two groups. There are only two groups. There are no more than two groups. There's just two groups. There are the sheep, And there are the goats. And the sheep, those on Jesus' right-hand side as he sits upon his throne, where do they get to go? Into the kingdom. Uh, the, The kingdom, the place prepared from the foundation of the world. They get to go to be with God eternally. And then he gives some reasons why. Now, this is a big subject. All of us in this room tonight, if I were to ask you individually, uh, do you want to go to heaven? Do you want to spend eternity in the kingdom of God? Do you want to be with God uh, throughout the rest of your existence I don't know anyone here that would say no. I think all of us would say yes. And Jesus is going to give some specifics about this group of people, the sheep, 
that are going to get there, and not only about them, but in some ways about why they get to be there. So this is something that, this, this is not um, cultural. This is not uh, talking to the, the Jewish nation. Again, all the nations are gathered before the throne. What that means is one day you will be there. You are, you are going to be in one of these two groups. And Jesus is going to tell us some of the things that got the people either into the group of sheep or into the group of goats. So you're going to be there one day, and he's going to give you some, the secret, some tips, some information about what the difference is between these two groups. Verse number 35. So you're going to get to uh, verse 34. Uh, Enter the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Why? For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous, the sheep, those on his right, those who are going into this king to prepare from the foundation of the world, the righteous will answer and saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you a drink? And when did we see you a stranger and invite you in or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king, Jesus, will answer and say to them, Truly I say to you, to the extent that you did it to one of these brothers of mine, even the least of them, you did it to me. So let's, some of, the, some of Scripture is hard to understand. We just spent a long time talking about Daniel and some of those hard to understand Scriptures. Most of the Bible is very easy to understand. Here Jesus says that a distinguishing characteristic or some actions that were taken about the people who are getting to go into the eternal kingdom of God where then we saw hungry people, they gave them something to eat. When they saw thirsty people, they gave them something to drink. When they saw people who didn't have clothes to wear, they helped clothe them. All of these very specific things. And these are things that, this, again, this is, this is predictive prophecy. Jesus says, when the Son of Man comes in his glory, he will sit on his glorious throne and all of his angels with him and all of the nations will be gathered before him and he'll separate them, the sheep from the goats. And then he says to these people, this, this is going to happen in the same way that all the prophecies of the Old Testament have been fulfilled in Christ and, and those specific prophecies of the book of Daniel were fulfilled in various historical uh, figures and we, we are impressed by the, uh, how specific the, specifically those prophecies were fulfilled in the same way this is going to happen. And the question for us tonight, the takeaway for us tonight is which group are we going to be in? Which of those two groups are we going to be in? And he tells us at least part of the things that gets us into the group that's going to inherit the kingdom of God prepared from the foundation of the world. And then in verse 41, then he'll say to those on his left, he'll say to the goats, depart from me, accursed ones, into the eternal fire, which has been prepared for the devil and his angels. So they're going to a completely different place. God, why are they going to this different place? Jesus, why are, they, why are we going there? For I was hungry, you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, you gave me no, nothing to drink. I was a stranger, you did not invite me in. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they themselves also will answer, and probably with desperation in their voice, saying, Lord, when do we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not take care of you and i i read into that that they that they're saying to this this figure sitting upon the throne when did we see you this way surely if we would have seen you almighty king we would have helped you and i think therein lies the difference between the righteous that inherit the kingdom and the unrighteous 
that inherit the eternal punishment. Notice what Jesus goes on to say. Then he will answer them saying, Truly I say to you, to the extent that you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Now, in both of his answers, when, when, the, when the people, the righteous and the unrighteous, they come to him, when did we see you hungry, thirsty, naked, uh, in prison, sick? When did we see you? We, we didn't see you. We were just, in, the, in my mind, the righteous are just saying, we didn't see you, God. We, we just saw people in need, and we felt like we needed to help them, so we helped them. And then the unrighteous says, when did we see you, O almighty king? Surely if we would have saw someone as important as you, we would have, we would have helped you. And in both of his answers to their question, he, he mentions the least of these. And the difference, and in some ways you could say, in this passage, and this passage is not all inclusive of all the information we need to think about. We'll talk about that here at the end in just a second. But in this passage, in this throne room scene, in this judgment day scene, in the difference between who goes to heaven and who goes to hell, the difference between heaven and hell is taking care of the least of these. That means not just caring for your family, not just caring for the people that you love, not just caring for the people that you agree with, not just caring for the people that you think are worthy of help, but the least of these. The people that society looks down and says they're not worth much. Uh, the people that uh, you look at and, and they might be your enemies. The people that uh, are on the outskirts or the outcast or the people that uh, it's very easy to overlook. Again, notice, notice the difference. Uh, verse 40, Jesus is answering uh, the righteous. He says, truly I say to you, to the extent that you did it to one of these brothers of mine, even the least of them, you did it to me. And then in verse 45, then he will answer them, the unrighteous, saying, Truly I say to you, to the extent that you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. Now, Jesus does not say that the unrighteous didn't help some people. All right? And again, it, if I'm, and I am reading into it, but if this is correct, okay, this is a little bit of an assumption, an opinion, certainly. If Jesus is saying here, you know, he, he, he didn't go into it, but potentially he could have said, you know, you help the important people. You help the people that you love. You help the people of reputation. You help the people that would get you recognition. You help the people that could turn around and do, and do a favor for you. You know, I'll, I'll do you a favor and you can do me a favor. You help those kind of people, but you failed to help the least of these. You failed to help the people that couldn't help you. You failed to help the people that were in, not influential at all, that they couldn't do anything to increase your, uh, your stature or your, your place in society. You failed to help those people. And in this passage... And yes, there's other passages to look at. But in this passage, the difference between heaven and hell, eternally, is helping the least of these. Now, I said earlier that the least of these are people who are easy to overlook, right? They're the people on the outskirts, they're the outcast, they're the folks that uh, it's just easy to overlook them. Easy to not pay attention to them. Easy to walk past them. In your life, who are the least of these? In your everyday life, who's the least of these? Maybe the people that, people around you, maybe even people that you yourself might think of as, they're not really important. They're not really valuable. Again, I, I want to stress to you that Jesus says here, and if we, if we don't help the least of these, the people that we just don't think are important at all, then in this passage... That's the difference between heaven and hell. Look on your sheet, if you will. 
And I wanted to look at these things. Again, uh, these are, in my opinion, five things. You could say six because I put hungry and thirsty together. Uh, five things that will make a difference in eternity, okay? Uh, we are, I, I would look at this in Matthew 25, verses 31 and following. We are commanded, we are commanded, uh, at, at the very least, this, this passage would, would suggest to us, it would be very wise to do these things. People are hungry, feed them. People are thirsty, give them something to drink. People are naked, you clothe them. People are sick or in prison, you visit them, okay? Very, I think it's a command. At the very least, it's a super strong inference suggestion, Okay, I think we would be wise to do this. All right, so how can you do that? Now, we, we know that, right? You, you've known this passage. You've known things like this for a long time, probably. You know it's a good idea to do these things. You know it's nice and kind and loving to do these things, but sometimes we might struggle with, okay, well, how do I do that? Here on this sheet, there are some ways that this congregation is already doing these things, and maybe you can think about some personal things. I would certainly encourage you and challenge you. Think about some personal ways that you can fulfill these commandments. Uh, but here are some ways that we as a congregation are doing that maybe you could get more involved in. Okay? That will help you to, again, five things that will make a difference in your eternity. Number one, uh, feed the hungry or the thirsty. Give, give them something to drink. Um, we have, uh, just about every week, I believe, uh, the Putnam uh, Education Partners, we have a backpack program that uh, Sam Brown and Rob Porter are, are heading up, and uh, many of us have been active in that. Usually what happens is we meet down in the education wing of the building, and, and we're, we're packing backpacks. And you may be familiar with this, or you may not be, but let me tell you what it's about. Uh, every Friday, there are kids, and I, I don't know how many. I probably could ask my wife. She works in the school system, but I didn't. Uh, lots of kids uh, they get, they get backpacks. Uh, every Friday, and what it is, is it's food, because whether legitimately or at least the, the, the need is seen that they may not eat very well, if at all, at home for the weekend. And so backpacks are stuffed with food, and these kids take it home, and maybe that's all they have to eat for the entire weekend. And, and we as a congregation have partnered with this, this group that's doing this. And, you know, it's as simple. It's a, how, how do you do this thing? Feed the hungry. Give the thirsty something to drink. How do you do this thing that might make a difference in where you'll spend your eternity? Show up when it's announced. Go down to this hallway. Go through this assembly line type line. Pick up some food. Put it in the bag. What if that made a difference in your eternity? Jesus says it might. Another thing that we do, we uh, partnered with uh, Healing Hands International. Uh, we have worked with them. Our congregation has worked with them. Individuals have worked with them uh, in uh, Bokamai, Kenya. I believe that's how you pronounce it. Uh, we, uh, there was a donation, I think, by a, maybe a specific family here, uh, but in connection with the congregation as well, uh, made a large donation, and, and a well was dug in uh, Bokamai, Kenya. Uh, and they, you, we've seen it on Mission Sunday. If you've been here on Mission Sunday the last couple of years, you've probably seen the video. Uh, but the story is, and this is the, the extremely touch part that prior to this in the in the uh, the city or the town of Bokamai, uh, Kenya, the the water that was used for uh, drinking, the water that was used for cooking, the water that was used for washing was the same water that, that animals would come uh, and, and drink the water. And you think, well, you know, that, that doesn't sound great, but that's not so bad. But the, the problem is, is not only that the animals come in and drink in it, but the animals, you know, kind of wash off in it. And the animals also use the bathroom in it. And it's the same, the same water that your children are bathing in, that your children are, or your family is using for cooking, or that you're just drinking that same water. And prior to the, the well being dug because of some of the efforts of this congregation, 
That was the water that they had. Now, did they have water to drink when they were thirsty? Yes, but we wouldn't want to drink that kind of water. We want our children to drink that kind of water. So there's something that you can be involved in. This congregation does those types of things. And you can be involved uh, financially with that. You can probably be involved much more directly with that if you're interested. And I'm sure there are opportunities uh, that you can par- uh, take part in it. And listen, that's, that's in Africa. Are, are there people in need of, of clean drinking water in, in America? Sure. Are there people in need of that kind of thing here, perhaps in our own town? Absolutely. Look for those opportunities. They're out there. There are, there are groups that are already doing them. And this doesn't necessarily mean these, these commandments when Jesus says, I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. That doesn't necessarily mean that you've got to make it your job to go around town looking for anybody who's thirsty and hand them a bottle of water. That might be a good idea. But you don't have to do that. But you can look for people who are already doing these things and get involved in that type of service. Number two, uh, invite the stranger in. Invite the stranger in. I thought about this. This is something that's uh, fairly new that, that we've partnered with, and we're, we're helping people. We're, we're facilitating. We're providing the facilities for these types of things to happen. Uh, we're, most of us are familiar with the UCHRA. That's the Upper, Upper Cumberland Human Resource Agency. Uh, if you're not familiar with them, that is a great agency. They are people who will uh, help people to you know, get on their feet and find jobs and uh, get help. help. Uh, paying for things and that, that, that type of thing. Usually when people would come here, uh, and we get this probably about every week, uh, when people come to the congregation here, uh, we, we give them that kind of information. Hey, these are the folks that uh, we've partnered with them and we help them, and, and they, they have all the things that they need to make sure that the, peop- the right people are getting the right kind of resources. Uh, so we've partnered with them, and, and it's a good thing. So the UCHRA in general is good, you know, to volunteer with them. That would be a great thing. Uh, one thing they've done, uh, I think over the last six months or so, uh, they have a program uh, called Empower Upper Cumberland, and they have uh, these things called Circles. And basically what this is, I think what it, what it amounts to, and again, you can talk to Rob Porter is also involved with that, and then also Ashley Vire uh, is involved specifically with one of the, the Circles. Um, these are mostly single moms, not only perhaps, but mostly single moms. And they come here about every Thursday, and they uh, meet in our fellowship hall, and they have a meal, uh, and then they, they have people that support them. They have people that are challenging them. They have people that are encouraging them. It's not, it's not coddling them. CHRA is not about coddling people and, and giving free handouts. It's about prepping people and equipping people to be able to, to function on their own. Okay, You are a stranger, and you invited me in. Okay, well, we, we have invited folks from our community into our building and are helping them in, in various ways. And if that's something you'd be interested in, I'd certainly encourage you to, uh, to do that. Most of us are familiar with the, the Cookville Mission uh, down on the other end of Jefferson. Uh, we, we have uh, gone and, and done many things there. Uh, but you remember last uh, Love Where You Live weekend, last April, I believe, and we'll be doing that again in May this year. Uh, we went and served them a, a meal, and that's a small thing. You know, they need meals every, every day of the year. Uh, but we, we help them in a, in a small way and help to uh, invite the stranger in and help them and provide them uh, with some sort of shelter. And there are many other things that you know about uh, that are community-wide and things that you can do specifically. Number three, uh, clothe the naked. I love it that uh, Jesse and the youth group, they, during their Wednesday after school, uh, they oftentimes, maybe once every couple months at least, uh, go over to the foster closet. Again, if you're unfamiliar with the foster closet, what is that? Well, the foster, foster closet is, when I think of it, I kind of think of like a Goodwill, but it's not quite like that. Uh, they have people who have brought in some donations. They may have some, some new, new clothes as well. But if you are a foster family, you can go to the foster closet and you don't have to buy anything. You get the things that you need uh, for your family. And the youth group goes over there uh, fairly frequently and helps them organize their, 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 uh, their stuff that they give out to the families. Uh, and we've also worked with them last year, uh, again, during a Love Where You Live weekend. So uh, another opportunity uh, to do that. 
Uh, and then also, uh, this is something we're doing this month on uh, the 21st of this month. That's a Tuesday this month. The, the men's ministry, uh, the foster closet has, has reached out and we're, we're asking for people to uh, provide a place uh, where some of their foster families could meet, kind of like what the UCHRA is doing on Tuesdays or Thursdays, um, to come together and have a meal and where they can have some time of support. So just that one time uh, on the 21st of this month, the men's ministry is going to organize and lead this effort to, to provide this place. So what we'll do that night, uh, as we think about, you know, uh, clothing the naked, this also could go with inviting the stranger in. Uh, we're going to have them here. We're going to host a meal for them. Uh, then the foster families are going to have a time where they can uh, spend time together and encourage one another and support one another. And then some of the rest of us, all of you are welcome to help with this, please. Uh, the foster kids are going to go over to, uh, to the gym a little bit and we'll, we'll play some games with them and, uh, and that sort of thing. So we're excited about uh, those types of things. Uh, another thing that I know that we do during uh, uh, Christmas time, I guess, or holiday season, uh, the Magi bags, again, that go to uh, the Bokumai, Kenya. Another thing that we uh, help with, uh, clothing the, the naked or providing things for them that they might not always have. Uh, number four, visit the sick. Uh, now this one, I think, gets a little more personal. You know, you, you need to, to go and visit the sick, but that can, that can be cards, that could be phone calls. Uh, that could be visits, you know, going and, and visiting people in person. Um, given my job, I go and visit people, all right? You may, may or may not know that. You probably do. Uh, something as simple as a visit, people who are going through a tough time really appreciate. And you know what? If you did it, they'd appreciate it just as much, maybe more. If you would just go and visit them. Give them a call and say, hey, can I come by for a quick visit? Let me, let me eat, alleviate some of your nerves about that. When I go on a visit, most of my visits last 10 to 15 minutes. I'm not going and staying at somebody's house for an hour. They don't want me to be there that long, right? Okay, and if I go and visit somebody in the hospital, they really don't want me to be there that long, and I don't want to be there that long either. So it's about five minutes usually in the hospital. It's very short. So when, you, when you're visiting people, with this, this thing that, this thing that you're, you're sick and you visited me, this thing that might make a difference in your eternity, it doesn't have to be a big deal. It could be something simple. It be something easy. Something that doesn't have to be a difficult thing. Uh, if you're not familiar with those types of things, you're not comfortable with those types of things, think about visiting the sick. All, all, lots of times when we have folks that are sick or people that have just had babies, we have uh, meal trains where we provide meals for them for days, if not weeks afterwards usually. Uh, and there's their sign-up list online and you just sign up and you go and take a meal to somebody and help them in that way. And then we have a great group of people that, again, Things that we don't think about until we need it. Uh, when, when, there are, when there are funerals in our congregation, just about every time there's a funeral meal. And we have a, a crew of people, mostly retirees, uh, that, you know, probably about 20 of them show up just about every time there's a funeral. And they prepare the, the meal. And, and they, you know, sometimes they're feeding like 50 people. Uh, and these people come in after the meal, after the graveside, and they come in here. And just the, just the simple comfort that, I, that allows people who are mourning that you're visiting with them, maybe not in a physical sickness, but in an emotional sickness, an emotional difficulty. And again, maybe that'll make a difference in your eternity. Number five, uh, what about coming to those who are in prison? Now this one, you know, if we're going to look at this list and we're going to say, okay, well, we do that and we do that and we do that. This was probably one that most churches would struggle with the most, visiting people who are in prison. You know, when I've read that, a lot of times I have almost kind of um, um, rationalized it away by saying, well, Jesus is probably talking about people who are suffering for their faith that are in prison. Have you ever thought that? Does that make sense to you? 
It doesn't not make sense, but, you know, the church hasn't been established yet in Matthew 25, so that's not what this is talking about. He's not talking about people who are, you know, being persecuted for their faith and being thrown into prison. He's just talking about prisoners. He doesn't, he doesn't specify, and there's no information about why they're in prison. He just says, I was in prison, and you came to me. You visited me. And I know that that makes us uncomfortable, right? Why would I want to visit people who are in prison? They're in there for a reason. Why would I want to do that? Well, Jesus says to. That's one good reason. Uh, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Um, every, Jesus died not just for you, church-going person, but also for people who are not church-going people and people who have done horrible, terrible, bad things. How do, how do we visit them in prison? Now, if you've tried this before, you know how difficult it can be to get into a prison and visit. Even a local prison, even like the Cookville Jail. It's not an easy thing to, to just go in and, and visit people. That's not an easy thing. But there are programs and there are, uh, you know, things that, that are set up that, that, that can happen. And there is training that you can go through. Uh, but then there's also things like uh, Bible correspondence courses. And that sounds, sorry for those of you who really like Bible correspondence courses, that sounds really dated, Okay. And it is really dated because Bible correspondence courses were popular in the 50s. And last time I checked, that was about 70 years ago. Okay? It's been a minute uh, since Bible correspondence courses were, were really the, the happening thing. But for people in prison, I know because I have experience with it, they really like Bible correspondence courses. If you're unfamiliar with what a Bible correspondence course is... Uh, some of them are online these days. Some of them are still through the mail, but is a, it's a Bible study through the mail or through the internet. And what that, what, what that takes is, what, what would your role in that be? Uh, not necessarily to even go into the prison, but to communicate with the person taking these studies, to, to grade uh, their, their studies, to return it, to you know, correct them and teach them and help them to understand the Bible better. Is, is that a, a perfect way to go and be with people who are in prison? It may not be a perfect way. Uh, you know, you, you need to have those personal one-on-one conversations. That's what they need, and that's what would be good for us to have happen too. And that, that's a possibility, but an easy thing to do. Again, an easy thing to do that might make the difference in eternity would at least be to do something like that. And again, let me remind you that Jesus says, you've done these things to the least of these. Yeah, I understand. Uh, I, I wouldn't be perfectly comfortable walking into a prison and talking to a group of prisoners or even a, a single prisoner. I've done it before. It's not the most comfortable thing. Uh, Knowing the person or not knowing the person, it's not the most comfortable thing. But Jesus says in Matthew 25, 31 and following, the difference between heaven and hell is whether or not we do these things for the least of these. Who's your least of these? In your life, who do you overlook? In your life, who's the outcast? Not the outcast maybe even of society, but just the outcast of your own mind. These are things that we need to do. Jesus has been specific about them, and we would be wise to specifically do them. Now, this is not to say that performing these good works earns your way into heaven, while not doing these good works earns your way into hell. That's, that's not why we do the things that we do. Again, I, I have stressed it too much recently, but I'm going to continue stressing it because I think it's really important. In, in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, it talks about this idea of confessing Jesus as your Lord. This evening, you are the Sunday night crowd, and we know what that means. You're the Sunday night crowd. It's great. I'm glad you're here. But is Jesus more than just your Savior? Is he your Lord? If he is your Lord, then you'll do these things we talked about tonight. 
Because you're looking for more than just to save your own skin. You're looking to follow this man, this God, who gave his life for you. Tonight, uh, where are you at in your relationship with God? And maybe a good judge of that would be, the last time you saw someone hungry, did you feed them? The last time you saw someone struggling, did you help them? Listen, I, I know, I know that it's difficult to judge motives. I, I see a lot of it. And I know it's tough. And that's why maybe some of these things we talked about tonight are practical ways that you can get involved with and, and somebody else deals with all of the figuring out of those types of things. But I just don't want us ignoring the least of these to be what keeps us out of heaven. Do you? Let's pray. God, we thank you for your son, Jesus. Lord, he uh, died for people that were good and righteous and uh, trying their best, and he died for people who had no interest at all in him, knew nothing about him. Lord, he died for me, and he died for everyone in this room, and he died for everyone in this town and in this world. Lord, we know that one day you're going to return. You're going to come back, and that you're going to, that we're all going to stand before your throne, and that you're going to separate us from those who will enter into the kingdom that you've prepared from the foundation of the world, and that those who will enter into torment prepared for the devil and his angels. Lord, we we know that ultimately it's going to be your grace that gets us into heaven. And we praise you and we thank you for that. But Lord, we also know that you have created us for good works. And Lord, we know that here in Matthew 25, you've given us some very specific things that you want us to do and that we would be wise to listen to. Lord, help us not to be so foolish to somehow rationalize our way around these things. Just help us to be humble enough to do the things that you've asked us to do. Lord, we pray for opportunity. And Lord, we know that those opportunities will not always be easy. But Lord, we pray that you'll help us to follow your example, to follow your word, to follow the commands that you've given to us. Lord, use us for your glory. Help us to realize that our life is about you now and not about us. Thank you for your son Jesus who saves us and who is our Lord. And we pray these things in his name. Amen. Tonight, if you're struggling with anything, as a Christian, we want to be here for you as your brothers and sisters in Christ. If you're not a Christian yet and you want to name Jesus as your Lord, submit to baptism where all your sins can be washed away to rise up and walk a new life following Jesus to the best of your ability. uh, We want to help you with that too. If there's anything we can help you with tonight, we ask you to come forward as we stand and sing.